0: RIST stands for Representational State Transfer. It is an architecture that became very popular in building web APIs. It was the dissertation of Roy Fielding, and it is basically his baby. And uh, you can see a lot of articles of him online getting really mad because people took this thing and made it into a monster. <laughs> so he's very vocal about what REST API should look like and he invented the concept of RESTful API, right? So you, you see he's uh, he gets mad really quick and if people does th- stuff wrong. And uh, it took me a while to find a REST API that is actually RESTful. I wish he actually provided an example for us what RESTful should look like. But... I'm gonna take you my I give give you my take in this video you you decide by yourself but let's just jump into it guys all right so if you're new here welcome my name is Hussein, and in this channel we just got all sorts of software engineering by example if you want to become a better software engineer consider subscribing hit that bell icon so you get notified when I make a new video and uh, with that said let's just jump into this video guys alright so this is the agenda for today we're gonna to talk about the REST API, what is it, right? And and we're going to talk about these two portions of it, right? That Fielding uh, called it, right? He said he named that REST, which stands for Representational State Transfer, the first two letters of representational, right, and the state transfer concept, right. So we're going to talk about that, right? Representational State Transfer, REST constraints. What are the constraints that is set by him? okay going show you what what makes a constraint rest he says okay you can make any api but don't call it rest call it rpc right it's not it's not really rest okay he just gets really mad when you call your api rest when it's not in fact rest right and i understand it's his his baby right he created it and yeah uh whatever. so rest constraints right we're going to talk about that and we're going to show you what i believe is a restful api right Based on all those constraints, I think it is okay. Get API, and I'm I didn't forget to add a bullet here. I'm gonna take talk to you about the hopefully the limitation of REST API and uh, why Facebook invented GraphQL to replace the REST API because there was certain limitation, right? I'm not saying that REST API is bad, guys. Don't Don't twist my words, but Facebook essentially. So there is one piece of the constraint that they didn't like, and they invented a whole new technology called GraphQL that replaces REST, essentially. Okay, and there and that's the back end. And there's a lot of adoption. Not saying that it's a replacement. It really depends on your use case. Let's just jump into the video, guys. Okay, representations and state transfer. What, what, is, what, does, what does that mean? Okay, so when we say representations here, is that when you create an API at the back end, okay, that represent a resource let's say users okay you give me those users in a representation usually this is json but it could be protocol buff there's some discussion that this is bad this breaks one of fielding's constraint as well because he doesn't like a strongly typed defined user because they want you strongly type your resources then it's not rest it's based on them but essentially let's say this is json flexible dynamic but so you get your users on a JSON format but the back end is essentially could be stored in any format could be it could be a csv file obviously not could be a Postgres database and a table could be a MongoDB uh collection right could be anything right but the user the trick here is your representation you change the representation of a resource right it is decoupled of whatever the storage mechanism or that actual resource is you change the representation into json xml anything else okay essentially and uh, you host it on the http right so it's http protocol so that's essentially what the rest is the second but that's the first part of the representation so any resource is a representation of the back end whatever that is okay users is Maybe it's a bunch of tables or rows, there's a join, but when the user sees or the consumer of the sees, it's a scene of a representation of that thing. Okay, so it's a JSON document. We're going to talk about that. State transfer, we're talking about the concept of stateless and stateful. I'm going to reference the video here, but in a nutshell, the server, the REST API should not store any state on the server application. It can store states on some other services like databases. That's okay. But don't store information in memory and rely on it being there. So what does that mean? That means that the client is owning that state. Okay. I'm going to give you a quick story that happened to me here. I don't know if Everybody will relate to that, but when I first came to the States in 2015, I came on an H-1B visa, okay? And uh, for some reason, I had to go to the DMV every three months to renew my driving license because stupid rules, okay? So, I had... Now, I have a green card, so yeah, I'm good now. (laughs) But when I had to go to the DMV and drive, I had to bring, okay... All my documents with me every single time, okay, because that operator that I, I go, usually go to is different, okay, right? So I bring all of my stuff with me and they look me up and they reissue me in a new driving license, okay? If sometimes there was a period, of, I think in the year 2016, I went multiple times. I went to the same operator. They just said, you know what? You don't have to bring everything. Just call me and when you come, I'll just just come to me directly. When I do that, when I did that, I went to that guy, okay? And immediately I go to him. He was immediately who will just, I don't give him anything. He would just know me somehow you see my face and it was just know me. Oh yeah, let's generate you a new license. Sorry, yeah, your legal status down there. So it's just and then done. Okay. So what happens here is the first approach versus the second approach. The second approach is faster, the first approach is slower. Okay, but Here's the differences. Now, we're going to bring it all back into the stateless here in stateful, okay? The first approach where I bring my old document to a new agent every time is the stateless. Where I don't care at the back end whether it's stateful, uh, whether it's a new agent or not. I'm bringing my documents all the time, every time. Okay, the second approach is the stateful approach. So that guy actually stores some sort of a state. They know me. Okay, by just looking at me. Okay, that could be your session ID or something. Just one thing coming from you, and it knows. He knows, right? That. It's me, and they they pick the information immediately, and they generate it. Okay, that's the stateful. So, the problem with the stateful is, if that guy is gone, I'm screwed, right? Because I, I fail if I didn't bring any documents with me. I, I went to that guy, and he's not there. He got restarted or crashed, right? If he's not or fired, if I go to that guy, then I cannot do. Anything, It says. Sorry, nobody can help you because you don't have your documents with you, right? So the, I failed. My request failed. Okay, so that's the difference between stateless and stateful. Hopefully, it makes sense, right? So state transfer is me bringing all my documents every time with me. Okay, so the rest is a stateless protocol. So that's the first approach. Where yes, it is slower. Correct. You are right. Is even in this architecture, it is slower. Okay. Because you have to bring everything with you, so more bandwidth. You have to query the back end most of the time, right? You have to invalidate caches most of the time, okay? So the stateless approach, yes, it is, but it is, it has this limitation. But the good thing about it, it works and it scales because. If you have the document you don't care about what agent gonna serve you okay and you can take this example with a your primary doctor right guys Like american everyone has a primary doctor you go to the primary doc- and it's not there she's not there imagine that okay Is you're gonna have to bring your documents right or tell it hey by the way this is my id and just pulls over information so that's stateless versus stateless. i hope that makes sense right sorry for the long description but I, I like giving that example because a lot of people relate to it. not the immigration part of it but you, you get the idea right just so, so that's what used to happen to me right it's essentially so that state state transfer so state next transfer, every request bring it all back circle all circle every request that comes to the server has to carry as much information about the state as possible okay and th- this means that this is a this means if you make a request to a load balancer, right, and the load balancer decides to, to shift you to another server, that's completely okay, because you have all this stuff with you. The server can rebuild that state on the fly, and then construct who you are, can query databases if it needs to, query does stuff, and then continue working normally, okay? That, so that's the idea, essentially, of a state transfer, okay? So... Representational and state transfer. So it has, the rest has to be stateless. It has to be stateless, okay? So that's essentially, in a nutshell, hope that makes sense, right? So, and uh, if I'm going to take an example of that, like if you make a request, like let's say we're going to upload a file, like you know, an actual uh, Application example here. If I'm going to upload a file, for instance, and that file is a five megabyte, right? Most of the time, this is a stateful operation because you're going to chunk it up into, like, say, I don't know, five segments, five chunks of one megabyte each, right? And you're going to upload that. If you upload segment number one, it goes to one server, stores it. If that server stores it in the same server, you're screwed, right? Because if that second segment goes to another server, what the heck does that mean, right? That server died, right? Let's say the ser- server one died, and server two is now taking the second segment. So that's that's another stateful operation. That's bad. So what you need to do to make it stateless is, if I send you segment number one or chunk number one, you store it in an S3 bucket or you store it somewhere else, okay? And that's it. You're done. You've done your job, okay? And if I send you segment number two. Same thing if whether it's you or server one or server two or server three, they're gonna store it somewhere else right they are just the facilitator they're the proxy that just takes your request does the thing, maybe compress it, maybe does' a thing, and then store it and then the final request the server knows oh this is this the final request yes, it is the final request I'm gonna store it in the s three bucket or a database doesn't have to be s three and then once you do that, it will assemble all of that stuff and and create the whole file, and then return the, to the user that's success. That's an example of a stateless operation as well. Okay, So you can always build stateful, stateless. There's an advantage. I talk about the video here. Go watch it if you're interested. Let's talk about the constraint and then jump into an example, guys. All right. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. <coughs> Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell with shopify you'll harness the same intuitive features trusted apps and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands sign up today for your one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech all lowercase that's shopify.com slash tech so a constraint here is a, a client server architecture it has to be a client server right uh, where there is a separation of concern where the server can be in a server version and the client could be at a completely different version and they should communicate normally if you upgrade the server the client should should can stay in the same version or can be upgraded based on the server the server drives that, essentially, okay? So there's a separation of concern. If you upgrade the server, the backend, for example, we talked about the, again, back to the representation. If your JSON document, right, that returns the list of users, this endpoint returns the list of users, and then the back end is a Postgres database, and you decided to upgrade to, I don't know, MySQL for some reason, guess what? The applications will work should work normally they don't even know that happened you know why because of the representational right and there's a separation of concern client server statelessness we talked about that for I think five minutes straight you know now it's, it has to be stateless right server I can go ahead and restart the server while I am connected as a client and my next request should be served normally if there is another available server okay Cacheability. I should be able to cache resources and this should be uh, derived by the server kind of right so the server can tell me if this resource can be cached when it can when can I use it when I can't when it's stale all of that stuff, right? And e-tags is a perfect example for that, e-tags caching. I'm gonna reference the video we did on e-tags, HTTP e-tags and how caching works with that. Layered system, we talked about proxy, we talked about reverse proxy, we talked about NAT, all of that stuff. REST should work normally when you insert proxies in the middle and caching layers in the middle. Should work just normally, loading balancer. okay? So if I insert a reverse proxy that load balances my request, your system better work it should not be uh, a direct way of 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 like knowing that relying on a single tcp connection essentially it should uh the http protocols should support proxying which it does 101 right 11 start support proxy http 10 didn't but we added the host header and that start support that so yeah you can add start adding middle gateways and proxies without things broken essentially in the process uniform interface uh, this is the uri part of the thing so you have an url and uri use uniform resource identifier and uh, that's like slash for example user slash one okay and we're going to show examples on that we're going to show about uh we're going to talk about this concept of hate OS, which is the hyper, stands for hypermedia as the engine of application state. And we're gonna talk about that where, and that's the reason, one of the constraints that Facebook started moving to a GraphQL, right? Because that model didn't work for them. And what what essentially what it is is you ask one rest endpoint for your essentially that portal endpoint and that tells you all the urls that you need okay you it will I'm going to show that example in a minute okay it's going to going to show you the list of all that rest endpoints like hey this is where you get your followers this is where you get your emojis this is where you get your users this is this rest endpoint you get all this stuff their client doesn't hard code and URL and it's and only the first one which is the main gate one gateway right the rest are just derived by so that derived by the application state in this case which is all the hypermedia okay and as you can see the limitation of this the limitation of this is imagine Facebook right and if, if that application needs to go for example give me all the users and their likes you have to find first you have to call facebook.com right api.facebook.com to find the api right api if to find the users endpoint once you have the users endpoint uh, what game, what are you going to do essentially you get back you make another call to the users endpoint once you get the users endpoint you make another and you get the url for the likes and you make another request for the likes okay and you can see those round trips that kills the bandwidth and kills the performance right yes you get this beautiful nice uh scalability and evolvability as as uh, uh fielding calls it but you just killed performance my friend right because of all this chattiness that happens right facebook invented graphql says No, I'm not going to do that. I'm sorry. I'm going to make a request. I'm going to tell you what I need. I need the user and I need these likes and I need these followers with the request with this syntactical sugar uh, using this GraphQL language. We're going to make it. Hopefully we're going to make another video about just GraphQL and then we're going to just make that request and you do the thing on the back end, right? Query join all that stuff and give me one representation, give me the final result. I'm not gonna do 700 REST endpoint calls just to get you just to get that result back, all right? All right, let's just show some examples, guys. All right, guys, so we're gonna show you how REST API works here as an example, and I don't want you to install anything on your machine. You can do this right now on your laptop, okay. You can do that on any machine you can go to a library and do this what I'm gonna tell you without installing a single app right you can call this and and navigate call JavaScript code right now and all you need is a browser Chrome or Firefox will work I'm using Chrome and let's show some rest API guys okay here's what I'm gonna do go to a Chrome and then click on this button burger tools I think it's called a burger button for some reason then call to the developer tools once you have developer tools let's expand it here because we're gonna write code click on console this is your code guys we can write code here we can write console log hello right well, that's boring okay you can just print stuff so here's what I want to do I want to Make a request to the. I've shown you just the REST API of the GitHub API, essentially, and I'm going to show you the hate os or I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly. That that uh, that application engine that we talked about, right? But here's an, uh, uh, the REST API, right? So I'm going to do a fetch request here against https api.github.com. That's the only thing you need to remember, okay? And then when you get the result back, you're expecting JSON. Okay, so I'm gonna do that. Jason, a. Jason give me back the Jason, and then just then console.log. So if you're wondering what then and Fitch uh, is, actually, what you want to do is essentially just go to this video that I'm gonna reference here and then check out that. Check out that video. Okay, guys, uh, I, I talked about Fitch API and all that stuff. I'm gonna reference it here. All right, so if I make that request, look at that, guys. I just got back a result, and guess what? It is a list of all the other API URLs that you need to do, okay? That you need to access. That's how REST API should look like, okay? It, you, you access one endpoint and it tells you where to go next, right? You can access everything I'm interested in this u- URL, user URL, okay? So I'm gonna go ahead and copy it. Usually, your application will just drive already, print it, or do something with that. But here's what we're going to do. I'm going to make a request to that. And instead of user here, this is where you put your actual username or any username. I'm going to put my username here. Okay. And then do the same thing. A, A JSON. And just print it. Don't do anything fancy with it. Just print it. Show you the rest endpoint. Okay. Look at that. That's me. Right. This is your bio software engineer, author, YouTuber. And gamer, yes, I love video games. I just like third person kind of uh, view of games, like Bloodborne, Dark Souls, action gamers. I like God of War. I like Red Dead Redemption. These kind of games. I'm not. I'm not good in Fortnite on all these first person shooter games like Call of Duty. I'm bad at those. But yeah. So when we get this, that's a fancy thing. So I want. What I want to get next is my followers list. Okay, and guess what? That's another URL. You can just get that and then make a request to that and get you the followers URL and you can see that there will be chatting if you were just interested in my followers you will have to do all these hoops to jump through all of that stuff just to get me through that okay so it will be a little bit more work for you just to get it so let's get my followers how do I get my followers okay once I get that a rest endpoint I can do fetch then let's paste this right and then do the then a, a to json and then then console just to print it just print it for me okay what are my followers who is my followers look at that all my followers love you guys thank you so much all right this is followers on github not youtube though guys there's youtube apis as and this is almost the same similar but yeah this is essentially how rest api looks like guys right so this is very in a nutshell right I'm gonna reference another video that we made here guys to talk about the uh, how to write content how to post create all that stuff I'm gonna I'm gonna reference a video here that we made it's it's basically how uh, we we have a postgres database and then we built the REST API to, to build, essentially build a to-do list. So if you're interested in that, going to reference that video. With that said, guys, hope you enjoyed this content. All right, guys. hope you enjoyed this video. So let's get ahead and do some summary. All right, guys. Summary. All right. What are we going to do? We discussed the representational, which we discussed what representation is. We discussed what a state transfer is we discussed the all the rest constraint and how you should abide by those constraints, and what can get you what they don't get you right all that things that can get you right it depends really on your use case to, to use rest or not right you can use good old RPC just have a node.js that returns your stuff it doesn't have to be rest rest is not perfect guys don't get attached to things just because they are popular, right? Same can same same thing can uh, apply to any technology out there. Don't get attached to anything just because it's popular. Well this part was popular in two thousand, two thousand five, ish era now it's not much i mean it is still being used obviously it is getting more and more popular but there's limitations obviously for everything and everything will get evolved this is how software engineering works. you're gonna work technology we're gonna continue improving the technology we're gonna improve everything if there's something that is bad or there's a certain use case that this particular technology doesn't work anymore we're gonna improve it. Guess what? We're gonna improve it. We're gonna replace it with something new. GraphQL replaced REST for certain workflows, right? And a lot of people are moving that way, right? I think the New York Times have moved. Facebook, obviously, they invented that technology, right? But a lot of people are happy with REST. So it's up to you. You can take REST, change a little bit to fit your needs. To fit your needs and make it work for you all right guys we also showed an example of how github works well so i'm gonna reference a video just for if you're interested in writing your rest api from scratch we did that as well hope you enjoyed this video guys if you like this video give it a like and uh i'm gonna see you in the next one you guys stay awesome